You know, can I tell you, can I just tell you something? I didn't want to go before I went. But I took the day off and I got stuff done at home, which like, I've been putting off for a year. I think it's on now. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> but I tell you what, I was so encouraged when I got there because my flesh kept telling me, you know what, you don't get a night off too often. You, you know, you, you could really be home. But uh, I sure enjoyed myself. I enjoyed fellowshipping with people I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, um, uh, I got a couple of books. Not that I'm a reader, but I'm already several chapters in a, in a, in a good book that I, I'm enjoying on parables. It's good so far. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it greatly. I've been up late reading it. Uh, it's encouraging the fellowship with God's people. And, and, and we get this Elijah mentality that it's us four no more, woe is me. And the less that we do, the more lazy we become, the more we think that we're victims. We're the only ones serving God when there's churches all around doing great things for the cause of Christ. Amen. We can fellowship with them. It's good. I encourage it. Amen. Oh, I should get my, I should get my notes out. Woo! Amen. How about, amen. How about, can we turn to Psalms 33 and Joshua 24? Psalms 33 and Joshua 24. <coughs> amen. Psalms 33 and Joshua 24. Pastor Ammon was on his, on his way to preach uh, at a preacher's meeting nonetheless. And uh, he left his Bible and his notes on top of the car at, at a gas station or something. And anyway, he showed up to preach at a preacher's meeting without a Bible or notes. So he borrowed a Bible and preached from memory. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God will grow us somehow. Amen. We're, we got a late start this morning, and, and, and we've done some extra things, so we're getting in the message late, so we're going to go a little later than normal. Amen. If we have that mindset, uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, what, go to church twice on Sunday? Ah, oh, I don't got time. Hey, I tell you what, why don't we give God the entire day, and then whatever else we get, what a blessing that is. Same goes with tithing. Hey, why don't we just say it's all God's? Oh, what? God lets me keep 90%? He only wants to What a blessing that is. Amen. Psalms 33, verse 12. Psalms 33, verse 12. Amen. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. That verse has two truth claims. One that... Clearly, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And two, blessed are those whom he had chosen for his own inheritance. Both of those ought to be a blessing to you. Amen. Brother Riley, it's good to see you this morning. I'd be honored if you'd open in a word of prayer, brother. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he had chosen for his own inheritance. The psalmist no doubt had Israel in mind, right, when writing that verse. 
I would say the first half of the verse as well as the second half of the verse. But but let's not get, um, you know, we, we, we like to use the term chapter, book, and verse so we can get uh, uh, tied down to the law, the letter of legalism and, and, and getting doctrines and certain things and just saying, well, that was, that was given to Israel. Church, there's so much application and principle that if we could just, uh, there's so much that applies to us. Our nation from its birth has claimed the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of creation. Amen. The one true God. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I am partakers of the benefits. I, I am. The, the same benefits that the children of Abraham, the spiritual children of Abraham are enjoying. Amen. Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. John the Baptist said, I don't want to hear about your endless genealogies. I don't want to hear about your father, your, your children of Abraham. I don't want to hear about it. Can I tell you this morning? I don't want to hear about how long you've been in church. I don't want to hear about how long you've claimed to be a Christian. There's Israel and true Israel. Amen. Point number one, <clears throat> Joshua's stand. Joshua's stand. We go to uh, Joshua chapter 24 verse 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their, their judges and for their officers and they presented themselves before God. What are we doing here today? We're presenting ourselves before God. Amen. <clears throat> Joshua, uh, verse 2. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham. We hit that, I believe it was Sunday night. And the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. That thus saith the Lord is really, really important in verse 2. Because cause, cause if we just skim it through, we're not really paying attention to what's happening. What's going on here, the context of the scripture is verse 2. He, he, Joshua saying, Thus saith the Lord. So the next like, 10 or 12 verses is God speaking to the children of Israel. Amen. Not Joshua's opinion. This is God speaking through Joshua. <clears throat> God did that directly back then. Amen. Let's look at the end of that, what God was saying to him. God's basically reminded him all he's done for him. Amen. That's what the whole chapter was. Verse 13. And I have given you a land. This is still God speaking. I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and uh, olive yards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Well, I don't know about you, but I didn't build the city of Romulus. I wasn't there with the founding fathers. We didn't build uh, the Constitution, put the framework together of our country. But man, we sure do enjoy the fruits of the labor of people that have gone before us. But I mentioned the freedoms that we have in this country. Thank God for it. We, we, we have so many blessings. And that's what God's telling the children of Israel. Man, you have this. You got fruits that you didn't even labor for. I didn't invent air conditioning, but I thank God for the guy who did. We have it good, and that's what God's telling the children of Israel. You got it good, man. I've done this for you, and I've done this for you, and I've done this for you. And God concludes his speech to the children of Israel, verse 14. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in, in, in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. 
So how do we study scripture? Brother Domage hit it hard in the prelude of his book. Like a realtor says, uh, um, 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 location, location, location. How do we study scripture? Context, 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 right? God's laying it out that that um, I've done all these things for you. I, I've done this and he just made it so crystal clear to them. He's saying, now serve me. Amen. And then Joseph, God's not speaking now. Now Joseph speaks for himself as Joseph speaking to the children of Israel. Context is important. Verse 15 says, And if it seem evil uh, unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, that were on the other side of the foe, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. After God got done uh, preaching, really, through, through Joseph, mm. Joshua, <clears throat> three or four times just in my notes I wrote Joseph. I was worried I would do that. <laughs> Joshua, Joshua steps aside and he's saying, hey, look, I'm going to serve God. I don't know about you all, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. I just want to make that very clear. I'm going to make a pub public declaration. Amen. We need to be doing more public declarations. Number one, Joshua's stand. Number two, America's stand. <clears throat> Turn to Matthew chapter 7 and we'll be there in a moment. Number one, Joshua stand, not Joseph, Joshua. Number two, America stand. God has blessed America twofold. Number one, for publicly declaring the God of the Bible as uh, one true God from its infancy. God blessed the nation because of that. Number one. Number two, because of God-fearing men and women that are serving him. God has blessed America in, in such great ways. Uh, uh, labors of men gone before us. Blessings of men gone before us that we get to enjoy. Amen. <coughs> Our country is founded on biblical principles. No matter what the world wants to rewrite history with, try to unlearn uh, Christian taught values. Amen. God honoring goals. America was founded with a, with a principle to, of looking to the scripture as a great authority. Right. It could be arguable final authority, but without a doubt a great authority. Amen. I'm not saying all of our founding fathers were some, some, uh, something more than they weren't, but they most undoubtedly pointed to Jesus Christ and said, hey, we want to serve the God of Abraham. Right. They have flawed shore. They sure made public declarations of faith. And, and God blessed our nation because of our founding fathers' faith. Amen. Without a doubt. Used to mean something in the court of law. Swear, swear in the Bible, it used to mean something. Right. A word used to mean something. It, it, people lie nowadays. People are good liars nowadays. It's scary. Right. My, my my sister's a, a teacher in, in public schools, and uh, she's got all these stories. She will watch a kid smack another kid. My my sister's standing right there, and they'll deny it right to her face. Deny it, lying through their teeth because they've been doing it so long. It's just natural to them. It's awful. It's awful. But we, our founding fathers took a stand for what was right. They had biblical values at the highest priority. 
And now we currently live in a time and culture that's desperately trying to rewrite history, taking statues down. I mean, morality now is merely an opinion. Truth is now relative. I mean, really, some fundamental facts of, of life that is common sense is, is, is thrown out the window. Grown adults um, are scared to try to define what a woman is. We're watching these things unfold in our politics, and it's embarrassing what, what, what our culture has come to. But what we don't acknowledge is, is the root cause of sin. That, that doesn't seem to want to be acknowledged, amen. <laughs> we don't know which bathroom to use. Riding in the streets is okay as long as it serves a certain agenda. We'll leave alone. We've dealt with that lately. Truth isn't being taught anymore, but agendas. Agendas. And I'm picking on our public schools at the moment. Amen. I went to public school. And I went to homeschool. Amen. So I feel like I have a right. Agendas that tell our children that this group is better than that group. Agendas that tell our children, you don't need to tell your parents. Keep that from them. Give me secrets. When we were growing up, and generations before me particularly, it was all about uh, mom and dad's the authority. In fact, you're more scared of mom and dad than you are your, uh, over your teachers, amen. That's... But agendas that, that literally teach our children that our founding fathers were awful, selfish, money-hungry, racist people. That's just not the case. Obviously, there's exceptions to everything. That is not the case. Our country is founded on biblical principles. Uh, godly founding fathers, by and large, that pointed to the God of the Bible. And God blessed our nation for it. The truth is, is that our founding fathers... We're God-fearing. Jesus praising men with backbones like oak trees. <clears throat> I just looked up a couple of quotes, and, and I just I got a few here I want to read because I was getting excited in the office while reading them. <clears throat> we could go on and on and on and on and on because there's so much about our founding fathers. But can I just give you a few quotes? Here's one from George Washington. He said, you, you do well to wish and learn our arts and ways of life, and above all, the religion of Jesus Christ. These will make you a greater and happier people than you are. Calling out Jesus Christ, not just Christianity, not just whatever denomination he was part of, but saying, hey, you do well to worship Jesus Christ. You don't hear that nowadays in politics. <laughs> Sometimes not even in the pulpit, amen, but Tony. Samuel Adams said this, I rely upon the merits of Jesus Christ for a pardon of all my sins. Right. Woo, that's some powerful. Man, if we had somebody uh, running for office that was saying things like that, I'd be voting for him so fast. I'd have his name plastered all over the front of the church. Amen. Amen. Thomas Jefferson said, I am a Christian in the only sense in which he wished anyone to be. Sincerely attached to his doctrines and preference to all others. I am a real Christian. That is to say, disciple of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. You're making it very clear. I'm not just a Christian, but of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. John Quincy Adams said this, My hopes of your future life are all founded upon the gospel of Christ, and I cannot 
cavil or quibble away, evade or object to. The hope of a Christian is inseparable, inseparable from his faith. Whosoever believes in the divine inspiration of the Holy Scriptures must hope that the religion of Jesus shall prevail throughout the earth. These are men that had a conviction about worshiping the God of the Bible and the scriptures that are attached to it. One more, John Adams said this, <coughs> The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Amen. I will avow uh, that I then believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. Amen. These are some, man, these guys got backbones. He said, he wanted to say, without religion, this world would be something not fit to be mentioned in polite company. I mean, hell. The Christian religion is above all the uh, religions that ever prevailed or existed in ancient modern times. The religion of wisdom, virtue, equity, and humanity. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take a Bible for the only law book and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts they exhibited. What a utopia, what a paradise would this region be? Then he said, I have examined all religions and the result that the Bible is the best book in the world. That's our founding fathers. And there's a whole lot more quotes like that. Don't let the schools tell you otherwise. Our, our, our country was founded on, uh, 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 I want to say old-time religion, but it's better than that. It was founded on biblical doctrine and, and, and God honoring reverence to the Word of God. Number one, Joshua stand. Number two, America stand. Number three, and this is where I got the title of the message, the hypocrite stand. Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. Jesus said, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Right. And, and every time you bring up this verse, you always have somebody say, Well, that's talking about false prophets. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's talking about false prophets. Um, you, you, know, you know that verse we started with, talking about the, 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 the true truth claims that, that the psalmist was saying in, in Psalm 33, 12, I believe? Hey, it was talking, he had Israel in his mind, no doubt, but the principle applies. This was talking about false prophets, but the principle applies. Amen. Amen. Uh, Wherefore, by their feet you shall know them. Uh, verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Mm. That's a hard pill to swallow. I bet Ben, when you're street preaching, I bet that verse comes up a lot while you're preaching. There's going to be a lot of self-proclaiming Christians that are going to be burning in hell for eternity. A lot of people that have, that have uh, uh, walked into a church house for 30 plus years of their life. But they've never actually trusted in Christ for their salvation. Mm. How, many, how many Jews put their trust in being a child of Abraham that are burning in a place called hell. It's going to spend an eternity in a lake of fire. It's not our nationality. It's not our skin color. It's not our church membership. It's only accepting Christ as your personal Savior that gets you into heaven. Period. There are people that have gone to hell. There are people that are continually going to hell. There are people that will continue to go to hell, all while calling themselves 
Christians. Matthew 7.21 is a frightful verse. It's a frightful verse. Brother Mislin brought up a poll in, in Gallup polls, and I found it awful. And I looked it up myself. The poll states this, America, Americans' membership in houses of worship. Now, this is even worse because it's generic. Houses of worship. Yeah. Any religion. Okay? Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about any denomination. I'm talking about Islam, uh, Hinduism, Jehovah's Witness. Houses of worship. They continued to, to decline last year, dropping below 50% for the first time in Gallup's eight decade trend. In 2020, 47% of Americans said they belonged to a church, synagogue, or a mosque, down from 50% in 2018 and 70% in 1999. U.S. church membership was 73% when Gallup first measured it in 1937 and remained near 70% for the next six decades before beginning a steady decline around the turn of the 21st century. So if less than 50% of Americans, if this is true, if less than 50% of Americans even go to church, less than that are probably even Christian. So there's one more thing here. It says that the decline in church membership is primarily a function of the increasing number of Americans who express no religious preference. Over the past two decades, the percentage of Americans who did not identify with any religion has grown from 8% in 1998-2000 to 13% to 2008 2010 and 21% over the last three years. Our founding fathers would be rolling over in their graves. You know, there's things that, that our parents said would never happen, whether they meant to or not. They'd say... I'm never going to pay for a bottle of water in the store when I get it from the tap. Yet here we are. And no matter how much we want to hold back and deny it or not be a part of it, technology is like sweeping through and it just takes over to where you basically have to be a part of things even in the most basic sense. What are you getting at, Pastor? What I'm saying is, you know, it's not going to be real hard for the Antichrist to come along after the rapture when, when, when Christians done gone. There's going to be a world that has no religious affiliation at all. Apathetic towards anything, let alone Christ. He's going to have full control. Things that we never thought would happen. Our founding fathers and our parents would have always thought, no, America, Americans will never give up their guns. Americans, that man, we're going to go to church. Americans will believe the God of the Bible. That's just ridiculous. Anything else. But yet, here we are. Here we are. You say, how could that happen? Because we quit going to church. We quit witnessing to our neighbors. We quit telling other people about Christ. We quit teaching our children how important it is to study the Word of God. We let the schools fill our children with their agendas. Sure, right, right. Because it's easier. Sure. It's easier, isn't it? Amen. Jesus said in Revelation, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. Right. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. 
Well, God made it clear how he feels about a lukewarm Christian. I venture to say that's more than half of America. Probably far more than half of America. I'm not saying there ain't good churches to go to and fellowship means to go to. We can get excited and get encouragement. Amen for that. But I'm saying as a nation, we've fallen farther than we ever wanted to go. Turn to Matthew chapter 15, verse 7. God, he makes it crystal clear how he feels about apathy. Oh, man. You know, I, I, one night of preaching, I got two full pages of notes. Two full pages. And I'm not talking about like, well, I'm talking about so many things to go back and study. Like, oh, I need to go study that first. I need to study that first. He said that. I need to double check that. Da, da, da. If we look at the Word of God, with not just to get through this moment so I can go put the bots on. But Lord, what can I learn from this and soak up everything that I can to get pure doctrine? Because I don't want to trust what Pastor Gunther's saying because, you know what? He might be backslidden and say something wrong. How about we be like the church in Berea and study for ourselves? Amen. I'm preaching to myself. Amen. Oh, what was I? Oh, Matthew 15 7. Jesus said, You hypocrites, what does his highest prophecy have you saying? This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. When I hear that verse, I think Catholicism all day long. All religions can fall into that. There's, there's <clears throat> Baptists even that fall into that, teaching the commandments of men, teaching men's opinions, teaching traditions of men. Catholicism, just from what I see, seems to be the worst of it. But Jehovah's Witness teaches commandments of men. Mormonism, oh my goodness, teaches commandments of men all day long. What's our final authority? This. And if any man, preacher, evangelist, missionary, president, I don't care who you are, says anything different than this, then we have a problem. What's our final authority? This is. Our forefathers knew that. And they acknowledge that, and God blessed us for it. We're enjoying the fruits of their labor. Amen. So back to our text, and this is where I wanted to go. And, and we'll be done really shortly here. 24, Joshua 24, 16. Joshua 24, 16. This is right after Joshua just said, Hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hey, God just reminded us of everything that he's done for us. Man, he brought us through the wilderness. He, uh, he saved us from this, this group of people and that group of people. <coughs> we won this battle. We won that battle. Man, God's been so good to us. And he just said, hey, serve me. I'm telling you, uh, 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 I want to say church. I'm telling you, children of Israel, family, uh, uh, fellow nation of Jews, he's saying, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's where we are in this context of scripture. Verse 16, and the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And look at verse 19. <laughs> and Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord. <laughs> For he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression nor your sins. You realize what happened. Uh, Joshua's making this claim to everybody. Hey, I, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and the people, we're going to serve the Lord too. Think about it. If I, if I was Joshua and Brother Jim said, I'm, we're going to serve the Lord, I'd no, you're not. You're wicking yourself up. You ain't going to do it. Miss, Ruby, you're not, you're not going to do it. I just remember the house. We're going to serve the Lord. Oh, you think you are? You're not going to. God knows your sins, and he, he just calls them out. Man, look at that next verse. Verse 20. 
You know what I'm saying? If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, and He will turn and do your hurt and consume you. After that, you have you have done you no. Know, after He have done you good. Our country was founded on men that had a desire to serve the Lord, and they weren't afraid to proclaim it for everyone to hear. Amen. We need more Christians who uh, will step up and stand for the things of God. I thank God for uh, men in our country, uh, and women too in our country, that, that have stood up and fought for our freedoms. I thank God for that. But church, we need men and women that will stand up for the cause of Christ and the liberty that we have in Christ and the freedom that we have in Christ. It's far greater than the freedom that we have in America. We need more people like Joshua who are not only willing to take a stand for what's right in the sight of all the people, but who's also unwilling to accept anything other than full obedience. He called them out. He said, no, you won't. You're not going to serve God. The reason that we see, a big reason that we see great falling away in our country is because Christians have allowed partial obedience in their hearts and in their service to the king. I mean, you pick a problem we have in our life. Pick any issue that we have, any sin issue we have. Well, partial obedience is in there somewhere. We didn't fully surrender to God. Well, I'm going to read my Bible every day. Well, you partial obedience. Right. I, I, I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to come every week. Well, partial obedience. I'm going to come Sunday nights. Partial obedience. I, I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to teach my. I'm not going to allow my children to watch that anymore. Well, partial. I'm going to spend my kids. Partial obedience. Anything. Partial obedience is the root cause all over of our issues, and we all got them all down the line. The reason that we see Christian homes struggling to stay together because we've allowed partial obedience to an Almighty God. The reason that our public school systems are agenda driven is because we allow partial obedience to the creator of the universe. We need men and women like Joshua not only to take a stand for, for what's right in their families, but to take a stand for their people and for their nation. You say, well, how can we do that? We'll turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. You know the verse, and we're going to read it. So how can we do that by, by not accepting partial obedience to the service of our king? Partial obedience in our prayer life. He said, pray without ceasing. Partial obedience in our study life. He says, study show thyself approved in the God, a workman in need of not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Partial obedience in our worship. Church, God not only demands it, He not only wants it, but He demands it. It's not something that, yeah, if we get time, we're going to do. No. We need to make time, and we're going to worship the Lord. Amen. Partial obedience in church attendance, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. You know, we all, we all come up with reasons not to go to church. And I have nothing against people going on vacation. I'm not dogging anybody that's on vacation. That's great from time to time. Don't tell Miss Sarah I said that. I want her to feel guilty. No, just kidding. <laughs> but really, you know, we... We ought to be in the house of God. And we often forget that God blesses personally as well as corporately. God will bless you personally for your personal obedience. God will bless your family for your family's obedience. God will bless your church. 
for your church's obedience. God will bless your nation for your nation's obedience. But the problem is, our nation isn't what she used to be. Our nation isn't being obedient like she used to be. Churches aren't being obedient like they used to be. Families aren't being obedient like they used to be. Personally, we're not being obedient like we used to be. What's the problem that Jesus uh, talked about throughout all of Scripture? All the heart issue. Every time. If we get that right, boy, that fix all the other issues that we have in life. All of them, Tony. All of them. Amen. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, we can about quote it, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I can't tell you how many commentaries are out there that say, well, that was talking to Israel. Church, that applies to us. I know it was talking to Israel at that time. But that also applies to us. America can still turn back to God. God would honor that. If we as a nation would turn to God, God would honor that. You say, my family's struggling. God will honor that. You say, you're struggling in your marriage. Hey, God will honor that if you both look to Him. Amen. You want to make America great again? Fall on your hands and knees in your prayer closet and pray before an almighty God to make sure your heart is right. And ask God, what can I do? What can I do for the cause of Christ? And then not get up and leave it there. Get up and live it. Like, give the gospel to somebody this week. Be a witness to your uh, co-workers, amen. More important than the forgiveness of a nation. More important than that is the forgiveness of our personal sins. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's no different when our uh, forefathers pointed to Jesus Christ that's the same truth that we have today which is the same truth that uh, uh, the 12 disciples would point to it's the same truth 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking the earth uh, uh, incarnate, amen pointing to Christ, pointing to salvation pointing to the word it hasn't changed what's Acts 4.12 neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It doesn't matter how many other people are Muslim or Hindu. It doesn't matter how many people are Jehovah's Witnesses. It doesn't matter what the latest Gallup poll is, whether it's accurate or inaccurate. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's only one salvation. There's only one God. There's only one Lord. There's only one truth. There always has only been one. There always only will be one. I thank God for a nation that, that in its infancy yeah. and for decades and decades and dare say hundreds of years look to an almighty God as a whole. Amen. It's not too late for America and it's not too late for our families and not too late for marriages. It's not too late for anybody under the sound of my voice, whether in the room or on the internet at any given time. Hey, if your heart's not uh, 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 in subjection to an almighty God, and you say, what do you mean by subjection? I mean giving your heart forward to the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. I, I'm, I'm on my way to a, a burning hell for all of eternity. But for the cause of Christ, 
I thank God for the day that I trusted in the shed blood of Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. I was seven years old. I thank God for that. It's been wonderful ever since. Oh, does life get hard? Yeah. But boy, it would be a whole lot harder if I wasn't trusting in him. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for allowing us to the, the liberty.